It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Alan Parker said, sometimes with the British film industry, it's hard to know if we're waving or drowning. Let's find out. Welcome to another BritFlix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today's guest is Mark Gillis. Hello, Mark. Hi there, how you doing? I'm all right, I'm all right. Now, uh, I'm not going to pretend... this has not been a long time in the making. I think you got in touch almost, was it 12 months ago now, I think? Yeah, it would have been, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, So, yeah. so you've been, we've been on a journey to get here. You'll, 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 be, you'll, not be, you'll, you'll be surprised to learn that that's not the longest lead time I've had. I no, just, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I just recently <laughs> uh, had the guys on, a director on who did the uh, Mowax documentary about James Lavelle. Oh, yeah. And we first talked about doing a podcast about that film in 2013. Oh my god! So, um, so yeah. So these oh. these things can they they always happen, but yeah, you know, they don't always happen immediately. So I'm very grateful That's to have you on the show, and thank you for your patience. Not at all. No, <coughs> thanks for me. I must say though, the Mowax one was more about them making a film than me about delaying it. I should <laughs> should have there. <laughs> well, that, that happens too. Yeah, I don't I don't keep people at arm's length for five years. That'd be ridiculous. Um, and, well, and I was you, beginning to wonder. Yeah, 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 and it wouldn't it wouldn't, it wouldn't usually end up with a show. Um, so we've not come to talk about my scheduling. We're coming, we're talking about your film Sync. So before anything else, do you want to give people a brief synopsis to what Sync is about? Yeah, it's about a man on uh, zero hours, uh, and it's kind of about the. It's not one big thing that comes in and and uh, you know changes his world. It's sort of about the the death by a thousand cuts, if you like, mm. that that kind of life gives you, where, where there's no kind of space, there's no financial space around you, and any any small thing that you know can seem quite innocuous um, can suddenly throw somebody's life into turmoil, you know, in a in a in a really drastic way. Mm. Um, and I guess it's looking at the moral ambiguity of where we are with with that kind of world up against um, what happened with the crash. And it's now, you know, 10 years since that. Mm. Uh, and it's a I guess a mor- it, it asks a moral question about, who you know, what's right and wrong without give, giving the answer. I guess that's the that's the thing. I didn't want to make the the, the moral question, you know, easily answered. Um, I guess that's that's about it. Whenever I start talking about the film, it always sounds incredibly sort of kind of grim. And actually, it's quite you know there's a, there's a lot of humour in it as well and a lot of heart. Um, mm. uh, but uh, but essentially, yeah, that's that's kind well, of well. I guess it. I guess in a way, if I could if I could if I could jump in and, and, and talk, sure. give, give a give a sense of what I saw as as an audience without going into yes. spoilers. I would yeah. say what you what you would what you've done is of like like it sounds obviously reacting to the idea of of the current state of the world we live in post crash increasing yes. zero hours contracts 
yes. the, the, like you said, the, 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 the lack of uh, wriggle room when, when, when just one thing comes up, you know, in terms of a yeah. financial cost. But I yeah. think what you've done is just give us, rather than a solution to that problem, you've kind of pointed to the moments of what, what, what you might call natural justice in an unjust world. So what, you haven't, what you've done isn't solve all the problems, but you've, you've introduced this idea of natural justice, which doesn't mean it's morally good or morally bad, yes. um, because the motivation for doing it isn't, isn't bad. Yeah. I.e. it isn't about greed. It's about survival and, in, and when people are surviving... Exactly. Uh, little yeah. breaks in the in the in the uh, <laughs> yeah. in the storm of life are quite nice, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's what no, actually, and I, I suppose the, the the thing is, you know, he, he takes a course of action that is completely out of character. Yeah. And actually, outside his moral, normal moral code, so he, he knows what he's done is wrong, um, but he does it in order to keep his family together. Mm. And uh, I think that for me was the interesting kind of moral ambiguity about where we are now with, you know, what happened after the crash. And because nobody, A, nothing really happened in terms of changing the way. I mean, there were, you know, there are more restrictions on how the banks work, but essentially the, the system runs in the same way. No, no. One of my biggest disappointments in life was um, to see that after the initial capitalism has to change hysteria. Yeah. The, 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 the questions being asked by whoever's in charge were, when do we get back to normal? And you're like, exactly. well, don't yeah. do you mean normal? We just fucked exactly. it. We just fucked exactly. it. We don't want to fuck it again, yeah. do we? No, no, exactly. <clears throat> exactly that. I mean, it's, it's it. I mean, you've a, a, a kind of, we're, we're kind of, we're used, we're used to this kind of um, ordinary people having to do extraordinary things that might blur the lines between what's right and wrong in terms of straight up law. I mean, obviously yeah. Taylor Sheridan's um, film, Hell High Water. Yes. Um, sends a loving father on a bank robbery spree, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know, to save his yeah. to save his his children's future. Yes. you know, and yes. obviously at the bigger extreme, you know, Breaking Bad is a TV series about a man who becomes a fucking drug kingpin. So, yeah. in a way, we 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 understand that 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 greed is 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 what might take a lot of people over into sort of the wrong side of life, but it is. But sometimes. Um, the way that that's just, the cards are stacked against us, it's um, it could be it could be the best people you've ever met. Yeah, no, exactly that, exactly that, and and that's what um, that's what I was interested in. This is that it's not that big. Th it's not the you know the drug dealer turning up and saying your son earns owes us twenty grand. Mm. You know, it, it's it's not that because that's not how most people uh, experience this. You know, there are millions of people living with this as you put it really well that without wriggle room mm. you know and it's it's the tiny little things you know a, a <clears throat> suddenly a speeding fine you know or or, or stuff stuff that you know you think well just get over it that's not gonna you know that's not gonna it shouldn't lead you into you know committing a crime mm. but it's 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 the constant drip of it it's it's you know one thing after another and it, it, so, so it, I mean, let's let's. So, thinking, you know, I mean, you, you're obviously you're alluding to quite a lot of what of what probably instigated you. But what do you remember being for you was the kernel of the idea that that set you on the road to write this yeah, write the screenplay for Sync. Yes, I do. Uh, um, I, I live in the area where it's set, mm. which is in uh, Newcross and Deptford and um, Broccoli and around there. And there's some there's some really challenged 
estates, you know, mm. people living very, very difficult lives. And often as a direct result of what's happened after, you know, in the last uh, 10 years. And um, it's a strange kind of quirk of geography that you you drive down some roads and the, the, the Canary Wharf kind of looms up as if it's at the end of the road. It's obviously it's actually on the other side of the river. But the effect is that, you know, you're driving past this very challenged world and you know the the cause of it is looming up there um and uh unchallenged and and for me most importantly you know the it was a crime that was a you know there was fraud on a massive scale mm. um and that they were selling derivatives that they knew to be worthless and continued to sell them for a long time uh, and the result of it is that there was this huge collapse, which has had devastating effects on, you know, people who could least afford it. So Very true. I, I must admit, I live, uh, I live north of you, the other side, and, and I look at the other side of Canary Wharf. From where yeah, it yeah. looms, it looms up from the north side. Of, yeah, for me. Yeah, <laughs> and it's that, you know, there's there's something. I mean, it's a it's a bit like you know, sort of visual metaphor because you've got these i mean the sun glints on them and they look stunning and the you know the name of the bank is at the top and it's this sort of you know um uh, edifice coming out of the out no of the it's earth. interesting because from where from where i live i i've 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 walked down the canal from stratford yeah. down down to canary wharf and it yeah. is like you you don't there's there's points on that walkway your your kind of your view of it's obscured, and then yeah. you come out of what is essentially a very built up uh, council estate, uh, yeah. dense populated area, and there's like yeah. a dual carriageway that rings, um, that rings Canary Wharf, and then yeah. the other side of it is just like this island of, yeah. uh, and, and it is it's like without having a fence around it, it is exclusive. It's, yes, it's it's yeah. really interesting because you got that, especially when you go in. I mean, because I'm I'm when I'm going there, I'm just going to the uh, West India Key Cinema. Yeah. Um, on, the, yeah. on the very edge of, of Canary Wharf. But it is it is interesting that that, that, it, that it's because it's all private land. You have yeah. private police yeah. forces. So you can't just hang around there like you can do no. in normal um, life. And it's really weird to think that such privileges afforded to people that have helped make um, life that much worse for quite a lot of people who had no part in it. Exactly. And nothing changed. You know, mm. that's that's the thing. That's the sort of that was the killer thing for me. So it was that general. Uh, you know, the stories often come in two parts, don't they? There's this sort of general wanting to write about something and feeling, mm. you know, pissed off or or, or furious yeah. about something. And then and then, um, you know, that in itself is not enough because that's just a, an essay or, a, you know, an article or. So where did, where did where did Mickey come from then? He was the so, central character. Mickey was sort of in my head. I sort of had this kind of, you know, this idea of a guy who's who's trying to um, to live this life and I knew a couple of people who'd lost <coughs> you, you know let's say um uh, uh skilled manual jobs you know mm. um and uh after the crash and um it's just what happens to those uh men you know particularly in their sort of you know in their 50s what what where do where do they go if those jobs aren't there anymore and something that is as fundamental to people as their work you know because so much of what we how we value ourselves is to do with our our work and, and what we do and and how we you know um, survive and, and and look after our families, and uh, it just um, it, it 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 was it was that sort of image. I actually had the image of him 
in this quite small car. <laughs> right. Um, and there was something about that. You know, these images sort of come to you, don't they, as you're, as you're sort of going along. And then actually it was the the three generations that really got me, these three generations of men that we see in the film. So you've got Mickey um, and uh, his father uh, and son. And, uh, you know, Mickey's, Mickey was, um, as I say, a, a kind of skilled manual labourer. He was a, a, a tool fitter. Uh, and his father, the sort of grandfather figure, um, always had skilled manual work. And now in his current state where he's, he's slipping into some kind of dementia, um, he thinks he still is working, you know, uh, he thinks he's still going to work. Um, and then the son who's never really had a relationship with work, uh, at all, uh, I don't think. And, um, so it was looking at that three generations of men and their sort of changing relationship to work and how that's changed over those three generations and that of working class men that really interested me um and then it you saw it kind of you, you hone in on on you know the guy that's going to lead you through it which is which was always going to be uh, mickey um in this well, um, out of interest what well, i mean having having gone through the process of making this film and writing it and obviously thinking deeply about these subjects yeah. Why do you think people that are that are born and bred in a city as prosperous as London mm. can end up being like a boat in the ocean where they're surrounded by water but not a drop to drink? You know, it's, it's like you're in London, it's, there's jobs everywhere, but you don't weird, seem to be able to access it. I know, and I think it's... And that's do... not a criticism at all, it's just... It's a... No, no, but it, it's. It, I think it's to do with the nature of work and mm. the nature of what... And how that's... That's changed, you know, and the, the the whole concept of sort of how zero hours works. <clears throat> Actually, probably going even further back from, uh, you know, Thatcher and, and, and Thatcher's ideas of, you know, the market being the only thing that can can truly uh, lead us. Um, and, uh, and, and it's like if you're not a market leader, in other words, if you don't own the capital or you're not at the forefront of using the capital, then you're somehow um, secondary. Uh, and I think that's, um, I, I think that idea really took hold. And uh, I, I think it's really, it, it's, it's become um, so-called ordinary jobs are so dismissible now, you know, well, everybody's got. I mean, it's that. I think it's the idea of a career as opposed to a job that that that, that semantical change. Yes, is what yes. people used to have jobs. Yes, and all right, jobs for life is what's changed. Yes, but then jobs for life became you have a career, and then yes. then you then that I think that the, the mentality changed to you have a portfolio career. Yes, yes. And I was going to say your your career becomes how you sell that particular. Yeah, and then suddenly you're freelance, and then what are yeah. you? Uh, and not about a. a uh, something that society relies on to create its structure, which mm. is, you know, jobs were really. And I think I think a lot of people didn't get included in that discussion as to. No. No. And if we think no. about, I mean, I've been worked in kind of corporate environments before, where yeah. change management is is a big thing, and the psychology yeah. of change is a big part of how you get people through. Yes. Rather than logistics, we've had a whole raft of society, it would appear. I mean, of which Mickey is a good study of. Yeah. That never, never were communicated. This the kind of the, no. the view was that I'll find another job. Yeah, yeah. But, but obviously the system 
isn't and I thought what was interesting in terms of how you tell the tale is you you don't surround Mickey with with just bad people to make his life worse. There are just there are just sequences in we join the story in a sequence of his life where events are stacked against him. But actually yeah. he's actually surrounded by good people, but good people doesn't put food on the table, good people doesn't yeah. um pay the rent. And that becomes the, 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 the driving factor in his life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and 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 it's. Uh, I wanted that sense that um, you know society is still there and humanity is still there, mm. uh, 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 but it's being it's just it's being treated like shit. <laughs> it's mm. not, you know, that um, so it, it is reliant on people's sort of core sense of of uh, of what society means that they are just doing it for themselves and just helping, you know. Them, each other hmm. um but that there's no structure for that or or the structure is being so badly dismantled that it feels like there's no there's nothing there and um and that sense i think is is really uh, uh tragic um but i didn't i didn't want to lose the sense of hope because it, bad as it is there are still just tiny moments where that humanity happens hmm. You know, and I, I really wanted that in the film. I really wanted the sense of, you know, it can be, it is, it is tiny things. It's the, you know, somebody sitting down for a cup of tea and just sort of saying, you know, just asking plainly, what's, what are you going to do? How are you going to do this? You know, mm. but actually what you picking up, what you said earlier about people not being able to, um, to join in with that conversation you know about change management and all that because mm. there's no back they have no background in it or you know they don't know the language of it because that in itself is a skill you know mm. you, have, you sort of have to learn how to do that of course yeah. and, and and so one of the images i had um getting back to this car was you know he, he just takes himself off to a what's clearly a cul-de-sac and the, there's nobody nobody can get to this road and that's the only time he can let go you know that's and he just sort of he can dump the steering wheel or just sort of freak out a bit and i think there's a lot of people in that situation who don't know the language of being able to communicate their you know fear and frustration um and yet they can't and they can't do it to within their own situation because it's too dangerous you know if you've mm. got you know, a lot of people looking after the generation above and the generation below can't be seen to lose it you just can't you've got to hold on you've, you know you don't have that choice yeah, I think it's an interesting part of it because I don't think while while it's it's an indirect criticism of expectations on what it means to be an adult and what it means to be a man mm. in the modern world, I don't think I don't think your maybe your intention was 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 this this, this idea that men can't show their emotions, you know, because because mm. he because Mickey does Mickey borders on on the point of of breaking on a, on a number of occasions and quite yeah. rightly so, but but restraint. Which obviously is a bit of a self-taught thing, and and there's clues in the film to suggest that maybe he's in his in his youth he's had a rum past, but nothing too more than than you know he's maybe had yeah. a bit of bare knuckle fight with somebody he got angry with in a pub or something. Yeah. But you know he can look after himself, and therefore that yeah. rage could get him in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and also there's a sort of theme of, uh, but you know, his dad ran a boxing gym, and That's you know right. that whole that sort of thing, and the restraint actually is a really interesting word that just popped out as you said it in my, in my head because it there is a lot of, about restraint in it and about and I think we that you know there's a lot of restraint about you know, mm. 
you know, people aren't letting rip. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, because you, you, because I guess ultimately what, what does it do, you know, but, uh, but that's not to say that there's a, there's not a lot of rage and fury about. Well, it's know, interesting. It's interesting that I, I'm, at the same time I'm, I watch your film, I've just recently mm. started rewatching, um, Boys from the Black stuff. Oh yeah. Which yeah. is obviously nearly 40 years ago now, yeah. but yeah. the exact same pressures, are applied, which is once the once the jobs go, and the flow of money is reliant on somebody who you go and see in an office that's run by government. Yes, and their job seems to be to not give you money. Yeah, yeah. Your 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 work your sense of worth drops, and yes. your sense of part being part of society begins yeah. to evaporate. And I think yeah. that's what we see clearly with uh, with Mickey. So for you, what yeah. was given given all the sort of incremental pushes and shoves that you've created mm. within mm. the drama. What yeah. for you was the biggest storytelling challenge in terms of sort of building that building that picture of of what, like you say, of hope, but actually you're you're put you're putting pins in which don't necessarily offer hope at the same time. Yeah, well, uh, it, um, it's strange because you you can get drawn into, uh, and actually the process of writing the script was was one of sort of coming back to Mickey. Because what's the, what often happens is we, because there's no single drive to it, you know, normally you have a, um, a, a single threat or a single quest mm. in a screenplay and that provides your momentum and you set it up early on and people know that that's what the character, you know, wants and needs and that's what's going to be the drive for the, for the film. And I, I didn't want to do that for, for reasons of, explained earlier which is that i don't think that's most people's experience of it now i think most people's experience is this idea of you know small incremental things that that you know on their own don't shouldn't make any difference but you know taken together they do mm. so it was about keeping a momentum going in terms of screenwriting it's about keeping a momentum going without that in, initial um you know uh, quest or threat thing um because the threat is actually much more general. You know, it's the threat is about living this life now. Uh, so that was the, the challenge, really, to keep the uh, momentum and to keep the story drive uh, going. And I, I, I found that when these other characters came in who were also, you know, had interesting stories, mm. um, there was a real temptation to sort of also go off into their stories. And quite often I'd have to come back and, you know, yeah, yeah, I must admit, you know, um, as much as you bring, you touch on the colors of the the local community that he lives in, Mm. you, we, we we still always feel like we're, we're seeing the world from Mickey's perspective, as opposed to, we suddenly get a different point of view of the world. Yeah. Well, uh, that, that was a, you know, that was strangely, it sort of happened without me realizing it, but it was, uh, uh, the film is Mickey's story and it had to be Mickey's story. You know, it, it it wasn't a sort of portmanteau uh, story where I could cover different, you know, people. But so when you're covering another story, it had to relate back to Mickey all the time. So you, 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 um, you, you directed this film too and you shot yeah. on, on location. 
I'm yes. guessing I'm guessing given some of the shots over Canary Wharf, you shot yeah. it where you where you where you live. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so, we did this we did it incredibly uh, cheaply and um you know we used my house as as unit base and you know all the fl- all the flats we used were people I know and you know all the locations were were people I either knew or I just went to see and asked if we could just you know, was shoot. that was that by design or was that was that part yeah. of you looking at the scripts going how do we make this well, it was, yeah, because um, – well, two things. I'd, I'd written other um, screenplays that had, you know, been taken up and, and very nearly happened, including mm. one that, you know, would, was about to happen with a, a really sizable budget. And <clears throat> at the last – after five years, incidentally, five mm. years on an option, it, it didn't happen. And that was, um, you know, that was – incredibly disappointing because it looked like it was going to happen several times through the process and then it happened with another script and then I had a play that a stage play that I'd written that looked like it was happening and didn't so it was at the end of that process so I didn't sort of set out thinking right I'm going to make a you know a tiny micro budget film it sort of came by the necessity of thinking if I write something else and up stuck in my computer and not getting out into the world I'm going to go mad yeah so uh so it, when I started writing sync uh I realized I could do it very cheaply because I sort of knew I knew exactly I I, I knew exactly who I wanted to cast in it uh, I shared a dressing room with um with uh, Martin Herdman, who plays Mickey, we were in a play together. Right. And, uh, I'd seen him in a short film called uh, Right, R-I-T-E, which uh, Michael Pierce directed, right. directed um, Beast. Um, and uh, I knew, you know, I just knew he was perfect. And I think he's just, I mean, I just think he's brilliant in it. I think he's, it gives a, a fantastic um, central performance. Um, so all these things I knew, you know, I, 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 it, it got to the point where I had to, script and I knew I could yeah I could you know try and get it done in the normal way and I knew that that would be you know going into the whole palaver again of funding and you know who's who who should be playing this and and uh and and do I want to spend another two years trying to that get that together or should we just you know get on kickstarter try to get some money and just go do it and that's what I wanted to do in the end because I just want I it, it was really important to me um that something happened you know that I had something there that 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 um that that got through the whole process you know now, now Mick, Mick, Martin Herman being being the yeah. central role Mickey and, and it's interesting yes. to, to note that you met him as a as a fellow actor we'll get on to yes. that but, that obviously yeah. you played a role in the film as well um yeah. but but knowing him as an actor and then then being his director yeah um what was your conversation like with him? Because watching him, I yeah. get I, he's he's obviously a bear of a man, yeah. and therefore there's that perception of strength. But but yeah. there's there's almost there's almost like in, in many of his many of his many of his moments in the film, he's having to play almost like wide-eyed vulnerability yeah. while while pretending he's strong. You know, which is which a fairly it's a fairly confused emotion at the best of times. So yes. I imagine trying to perform it. Um, yeah. So, what was your conversations like with him about about what you wanted to see in Mickey, Mickey, or even what was his conversations with you about what he could do with the part as to what he read on the page? Well, we we rehearsed um, with uh, uh, the whole the whole cast actually for for a couple of weeks beforehand, which was vital, a because of the way we were making it, when um, yeah. we, we had to make it so you know uh, fast, and um, and also for for reasons. Um, that you just touched on. 
I knew this. I knew there had to be a depth to it. I knew there had to be, you know, colour that doesn't come on a first read always. Mm. And um, and so that, you know, rehearsal process um, <coughs> with Martin was just just about uncovering that, really. Um, yeah. And it's about, you know, um, well, it's a to and fro, you know, you you. Can you, think, can, you think, can you think of an example to illustrate where maybe he brings something to Mickey that you weren't expecting, but you thought, no, that is Mickey? Well, yes, um, there are there are moments where Martin can can just bring a humour to a line. Yeah. Um, and you can never uh, you can never direct that. You can never kind of you, you can't even ask for it, really, because it's it's sort of surprises. I mean, there's, there are lots of moments, but there's just one moment that, as you said, that just sprang into my head. Yeah, go on. When he's saying um, uh, he, he and his girlfriend are, uh, are having a sort of breakup conversation and she gets upset and and uh, she says, I haven't even got a tissue. And he he just says this line. All right, I'll get you one. But he just spins it with this little bit of humor that makes you sort of it's incredibly human you know in the midst of this sort of mm. upsetting thing and so moments like that you know um, and that's just an actor's sensibility you can't you, that can't be taught I don't well I know you can't you can't teach it and you can't direct it you just hope it's there and I knew enough of him as an actor to know that it it would be you know and then likewise there were moments where because uh, uh, Martin is actually an ex heavyweight boxer, okay. Um, so and and a, a rugby league player, so you know, so he's got he's very familiar with that sort of world, um, and um, so you know there were there were also times where we, we'd we'd discuss um, you know a, a, a bit where he, he he's on the verge of violence, um, and, and my inclination was to sort of make that uh more conversational and not so you know so that we feel the violence underneath more uh mm. and, and until it until it gets to the point where it it can't be held in anymore you know and then it, and then it's out but that's the sort of thing that detail is the sort of thing that i think you can only get with a bit of time around it and a bit of space um so i, I was absolutely adamant that we that we we had that sort of rehearsal time beforehand but but also i guess it also plays to the the, the theory that a lot of directing is done in the casting, as it were. If you've got the right person, then yes, then your job as director becomes easier as the days yeah. go on. As very, yes, yes, very much so. And uh, uh, and then it's it's about um, knowing that you're on the same page with it, you know, mm. um, because the the danger with not rehearsing is that you you have two people who have very different views about it, and you're trying to get to the same view in the midst of a film set, which is the worst place in the world to be able to do that because it's so pressurised and there's such a time lock on it. Uh, and it, it, these sort of things, these, these, these details are very, you know, um, tenuous and they, they need diving for, you know, they're not something that you can explain and then, okay, go and do that now. Mm. It, it doesn't work like that. You need space, you need air around it, you know, and you need to be away from that tension to do it. So um, when when you were shooting the film, do you want to give us a um, a sort of a kind of fond memory or a kind of a, a metaphorical fist pump, as it were, where you where you kind of what was on the page and then what you managed to achieve felt like. I mean, this isn't this isn't to say making the film isn't an achievement, but there must have been there's there's bits that are easier than other bits to 
to produce. Well, there are there are moments that you could never, um, you know, imagine or legislate for in terms of a shot. Go on. There's, I mean, there's one bizarre moment where Mark, uh, Mickey's in his car and we're outside and we're looking at him through the windscreen. And suddenly this plane comes right, and it sort of goes right through his head. Mm. <laughs> you just go, that, I mean, you could, and it's a really quite startling image, you know, this dart almost coming through his through his uh, head as he's, he's preparing to go into the interview and things like that. Just mad, you know, you can never, that you, you could never plan for that. But, and then there are moments when, you know, the, the, the cast are there and, um, I, I mean, I just remember in the there's a scene where Mickey and his son are having a big, uh, huge, uh, really awful bust up about um, uh, about drugs. And uh, there's such a heart. For, there's the three generations of men are there uh, and. Jason, the son, uh, played by Josh Herdman, actually, who is Martin's real life son. Mm. Um, and. uh we would, we, you know, I had had to close up on him through the kitchen window, and there's just this tear just comes, you know, down his face, and uh, you know, moments like that, you could, you that, again, you, it's that's um, that's when it 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 it, it goes beyond what you th- thought was going to be there, that sort of thing. So, for other filmmakers listening who who might be thinking of shooting on location in London. Yeah. To, to, a, to a tight budget. What well, what lessons learned did you have about shooting on location in London? Um, well, I, I just, I mean, it, it's 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 mad, but I think if you, you know, if you want, just make really good friends with the people you're going to be shooting, you know, at, um, and 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 sort of, you know, make it as easy as possible, and. Uh, you know, just um, you inevitably there's going to be it's a it's a terrible thing to have a film crew in your place. So just be aware of that, you know, mm. just and also I think extend that through the whole way you work on a on a on a on a low on a micro budget film. I mean, people were working for deferrals in order to get this made. Yeah. Um. So, you know, do great catering and do great food and, you know, just make people feel that they're, you know, um let them know how much of a favor they're doing you, you know, by, by doing this, it is a huge thing to ask people. Mm. Um, so, you know, never lose sight of that. Um, it always amazes me having done, you know, <clears throat> sort of low budget stuff myself and work for deferrals quite a lot. Um, you know, you go and you're doing this stuff and then suddenly there's this sort of first screaming at you. <laughs> you, know, you just think, what the, <laughs> the hell are you doing? You know, so make it easy, make it, you know, make it a good experience. And, and um, you know, there are always going to be frustrations, but I think you, you have to lead, you have to create the um, conditions in which people work. It's all down to you and um, you have to, you have to make them, you know, appreciate it. How was, how was it um, directing yourself? Um, I, I, this is this is going to sound like a complete sort of oh yeah, but I really wasn't intending to play um, that character mm. uh, who is a sort of drug, um, you know, is in in the drug trade, mm. <clears throat> and uh, it was getting later and later. We had this, uh, we had the chance to work with fantastic um, DOP Simon Archer, uh, who I never imagined we'd 
get. And suddenly, through one of these flukes that happens, um, he had some time available and said that he could do it if we got it arranged. He had a job fall through. And he said, I, I know I won't get anything to fill that. So if you can if you can get it done and it was about, you know, two months hence or something. So it was a mad scramble. And Martin and I um, met a couple of actors um, for that role. And the thing is, as soon as drugs are mentioned, there's a sort of there's a sort of kind of, you know, camel coated kind of wide boy thing comes in. And I, I knew that's absolutely not what I've wanted for it you know i knew that it was a much more this guy is effectively um you know a very um successful businessman you know uh and i i wanted that much more than than the and also of, he's got a relationship with mickey hasn't he it's not like exactly, it's not like yeah. they're complete strangers and it's no 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 and they go back years you yeah. know they were a boxing gym together as, as kids and stuff mm. you know so he knows mickey and he knows his whole family and they you know both both know each other very well so um so there was that as well and so by the to cut a long story short by the time you know uh, a couple of actors had sort of tried and we we knew it wasn't right i i, I just well i i can i know I, I know what i want i'll 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 do it in answer to your question you know di- directing yourself you sort of have to um i mean obviously when you're when the scene is running there's nothing you can do as a director anyway you're just watching the you know the monitor hmm. um, so uh, it's all about the preparation as i say we rehearsed very thoroughly beforehand so by the time we were on set everybody was very aware of you know what was uh, going on that's my phone sorry it's okay um, and um so uh, i i it was it was fine and i you know i knew um we'd we'd rehearsed the scene and i'd rehearsed it with uh, martin i knew the shots I wanted and you know that was all very meticulously planned um so it's I didn't you know I didn't I didn't find it uh, in fact I quite liked it actually it was it was weird doing um it was weird going into it took a lot of the pressure off somehow doing the acting because it, it was just sort of that wasn't your only concern in a way well, I suppose, yeah, so it's a trick, isn't it? I guess, because it's... Maybe, but, but um, no, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, it, I suppose if you can achieve that, that's quite good, isn't it? If you, if you can literally put different heads on um, and be in your character space when and, and then come out of that and then you're shooting another scene where you're having to be in your director space. Yeah, um, yes. It's time for your head to... Now, I think we should... We're just getting to the end now, so it's, it's important right. we say that your, your micro-budget film is getting a cinema release, isn't it? Yes, I'm delighted to say that after however many years, yeah, we're, we've um, we've been picked up by uh, Verve, um, Verve Pictures as a mm. distributor. So we have a release date of the 12th of October, mm-hmm. uh, and um, it's uh, cinemas are sort of you know booking as we as we as we speak. There's a there's a premiere at the Regent Street cinema on the fifth you don't mind me doing all this plug no 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 do you look away um yeah so there's a uh premiere on the 5th of october friday the 5th at regent street cinema mm. and then uh regent street are showing another couple of um having another couple of dates after the after the 12th and we've got uh peck and plex and um uh crouch end and waterside in brett Brentford not make it and, not to make it a list for you to have to repeat yeah. what we can do is we yeah. can put a link in the show notes Brilliant. To to your website or Facebook page or whatever it is that that you've got a list of sh- okay. list of the, the, the schedule of screenings and obviously yeah, as that changes brilliant. people can see what what's there and what's not there. 
Brilliant. We'll Brilliant. put that in the show notes. So, um, congratulations on make, getting the film made, and Thank congratulations on getting to the cinema. You know, that's uh, yeah. that's rarefied air indeed for it from for for any filmmaker. Um, well, so congratulations on that from and uh, it just gives me to say thank you very much for giving us your time on the podcast thank you very much thanks I enjoyed it thanks the Britflix podcast is provided absolutely free if you want to help me get the podcast out to more people please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes or if you want to help me out directly there's a link in the show notes to my Patreon page all contributions are welcome the music is by Chris Reed of thecomposers.tv. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com.